0: Year it was tough I, there was definitely game but i'm thinking i, I don't know if i can do this it was just i didn't have the confidence in myself to go out there every week and like i'm gonna be the guy i'm gonna be the dude and just my rookie i do no, my rookie, my freshman year was kind of up up and down confidence-wise towards the end i really feel like i got momentum going and then that was, like i said notre dame is where i really put together where i, all right, I can it.
1: welcome back to the underdog podcast with your host, Kyle Decker, and myself, Calvin Blackman. Before we get to tonight's episode, do us a favor and check out our new website, www.theunderdogpodcast.com, and be sure to sign up for our weekly underdog newsletter. All right, on to this week's episode. With no Division I offers coming out of high school, Doug Costin decided to bet on himself. He's currently the starting defensive tackle as a rookie for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Doug is destroying the odds. Listen as he talks about how his underdog story came to be. Doug, man, appreciate you uh, taking some time middle of the season um, out of your schedule uh, to join myself and my partner Kyle here on the Underdog Podcast.
0: Yeah, thank you, man. You know, anything from Miami
1: alone. Ab- absolutely, man. Love and honor. For sure. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, exactly. sir. So we, we do have a couple of things up front that we want to uh, touch on while we're, you know, all related to the Jacksonville Jaguars, your, your team. Um, the first one is pretty humorous and not sure if you were in the game at this time, but want to take the fans into a moment that happened when you played the Browns. Um, your defensive line did a shift and Baker Mayfield <laughs> yells out something. I'm going to go ahead and play it here. Um, it's got to be quick, but wrong clip. Yeah, if we, if we get the clip here rolling, uh, Mr. Blackman working the, the – here we go. <laughs> so, if you kind of got there. It's only a three-second clip, but for the fan who – who, if you couldn't hear it for our listeners, Baker Mayfield says – That is freaking cute. That's freaking cute, In but different, it doesn't yeah. use freaking. Ultimately, when you guys did a shift. So – when you hear something like that and you're locked and loaded, the play's about to start, what goes through your mind when when something like that happens?
0: <laughs> yeah, unfortunately I wasn't out there when that happened. So I didn't really hear about it until like my friends. A bunch of them were sending me like this stuff on Twitter and on Instagram that sent me it. So I didn't I wasn't out there when it happened, but if I was, I feel like it'd definitely catch me off guard, you know. You're not expecting a quarterback to say that to you when you're you know, you're on the field, you're in the middle of the game. But if I heard i probably next plan the whole. I would've been like the guy's like did y'all hear Baker? Like, did you hear what he just said? Something, like <laughs> something like that.
1: A lot of fun happens out there on the field. I can only speak from the college perspective, but you know, a lot of people really like love listening to the mic'd up, and and you guys are out there. Obviously, you have a job to do, but you're out there having a lot of fun, and the conversations that are going on, I think are, are I think of what makes it special, and and that thing that people don't really get to see and hear on a regular basis.
0: I would agree, definitely. Obviously, it's our job; we take it very serious. But the aspect that you could still have fun while being out there. I know when it was my first, my first game when I played, the biggest thing that helped me was everyone around me was so calm. They were used to it. And it kind of caught me off guard a little bit how, like, in college you're talking trash the whole time. Like, there's no, like, stop. like, in the pros you, you talk your trash. But then it's, like, immediate timeout. You're going over, like, the other team. You're saying, oh, like, what's up, man? Like, how are you doing? Like, something you haven't seen in a while. Like, when we played the Steelers, there was immediate timeout. Like, after I tipped the pass and I was trying to get in the zone a little bit to fuck myself up. I was talking to the Trash, and then during, like, one of the media timeouts, I went up to Ben Roethlisberger and was just saying what's up to so him, talking about
1: Miami. With That's awesome, man. Wow. That's, That's awesome.
2: Behind-the-scenes look right there. Yeah. What it was, uh, any other of the quarterbacks or any other of the players, uh, who's the best trash talker out there so far you've played?
0: So far, probably either Baker or Joe Burrow. <laughs> I'd say probably one Joe of them. Burrow? What? Yeah, he, he's, he's confident in himself already, which, you know, I try to play with the confidence myself as well, but he could definitely tell. He, he started to get a few passes going. He was starting to feel himself. <laughs> so,
2: so, like, give me example. Like, was he like just just like, hey, I, I got you guys. I'm I'm gonna smoke you, or is it pretty uh, animated? What, what was a what was a burrow type uh, more comment? Of
0: like, a, like more of what you said. Like, I got you guys. Like like there was one play. I got. I think like a pressure, on the QB hit, and like after he threw the ball. He'd get up and be like, damn, that's a nice throw. He like, there was one play was actually on a commercial where I saw it. And he was like, he was talking to me he was like, that's a nice pass. And I just laughed like, walked it off. That is great. <laughs> I
2: loved it. We we had to start off with a little behind the scenes, and also you know, big cause my cleats, my co- my cause. I almost got that butchered there. My cleats, my cause, which is a huge thing from the NFL. And you had a great, um, you know, love the the support of Active Minds Inc. And what you said uh, here, Doug, was fantastic. As professional athletes. We focus a lot on our physical health, but I want to make sure we don't neglect the importance of discussing our mental health. Active Minds is opening up or opening that conversation up for young adults, ensuring mental health is talked about, cared for, and valued in our country. So, by the way, we'll maybe show some, some pictures of your cleats. They look great, but obviously the cause was more important. And uh, can you touch upon a little bit of, you know, that, that my cause, my cleats, and the Active Minds?
0: I mean, with Active Minds, that was something for Pro Day, I did the same with my agency. It was a rep for, I forget what it was called, I think rep for Relay, a rep for life. And basically, if people donated money for some of them, it would go up with every bench rep I did. And I, back then, I picked Active Minds just because going through college and like friends from home and at school, I know everyone deals with their different battles, have different battles. And one of my personal friends. He was dealing with some battles, had some struggles with mental health. And I think our big thing is we always told him, like, it's more than just football. Like, we're friends. Like, we consider him our brother. He's like family to us. Like, if you're going through something, it's kind of like we're going through too, like, we want to help you get through that. And I kind of – that was the big reason I picked Active Minds from then is because I just wanted to show him, like, I'm here for you and just to show other people too. Like, even though I might have not talked to you that much, like, I'm still – I still want to give, like, a listening ear, like, be there for you. Make sure you never feel like you're truly alone. That's nothing – I feel like anyone should want to go through or have to go through. And then it just kind of, when I went for they're talking about my calls, my clips. I thought, why not just reuse the same, use the same place and use the same platform? Kind of just uh, go through Active Minds again because I feel like it's a really, really good. Uh, what they're doing is a really, really good thing.
2: Yeah, and your your journey, which we're about to embark on from how you got to this platform, right, Doug is is a huge underdog story in itself. And, and let's go through that to how we got to the Jaguars, right? And, and being undrafted and now starting, right? Are you starting, you're still right. rotating. Yeah. Starting defensive lineman, like I said, loving on another shout out there. My man is representing Miami university to the fullest in his hometown of Westchester, Pennsylvania, uh, making everybody proud, super excited for you. Take us through because, you know, you were a great athlete. Dad played at Penn state. Um, multi-sport athlete Chuck Martin talked to him on the phone earlier and he said how great of a basketball player so I went back and looked at some highlights man you were a hooper you know you're running the rock in football he was catching the rock he was tackling guys I'm like man this guy is a stud and uh you know you went from though only being really offered from one double a great school football school actually in Villanova but then you know you took at that time Miami was down and you took your only scholarship to my understanding to Miami Talk us through like kind of that underdog story of not really being, you know, thought of as a Division One prospect. You betting on yourself. I think that's something you said to Calvin, and we've heard often. And then uh, obviously the rest of the journey.
0: Well, right. Like at first, like I said, I was committed to Villanova. I didn't really. I had a lot of Division One AA, like most of the CIO offered a lot of North, Northeast schools. They offered me, but then even like Miami came in. Very late in recruiting, They came. In, I want to say around like Christmas of my senior year, like before signing day. So I didn't really, I didn't really know much about them. But uh, one of my high school football teammates, his two sisters played field hockey at Miami, and they were the ones. I told him I was like, "Oh, like, Jake Laird got offered by Miami," and he was like, "Oh yeah, my sister, two sisters go there." And he got me in contact with them. And they said, "Whatever you do before you make a decision, just come out here. Like, obviously you'll take your official, but if you want to come back again, we'll show you everything." They're like, we'll show you around, show you, like, what there is to offer here. And so they were like, the moment you get here, you're going to fall in love with school. You're going to you're gonna know right then and there, like, I don't care whatever school I was committed to, I'm going to want to come here. So I kind of, it was late. My dad even, we talked it over, like, all right, let's just, let's go out there. Let's see what they have to offer because you never know if this will be the school. And literally, like they, like they, both of them said to me, it was, it was literally the first time, I, first time I got there, I was like, I love this school. I love everything about it. And to like Coach Martin, he was, I think the one thing that really stuck with me when I came on my visit was just his, his brutal honesty, which I've, so I've played for my dad in high school. He was one of my coaches. So I'm used to hearing it how it should be not, like, getting the sugar-coated. Like, answers. He's me, like if I'm playing bad, he's going to be like, Doug, you suck. But, like, I never took it to heart, because, like, obviously it's my dad. So I knew he meant right by it. And he just knew, like, he knew what to say to get me going. But just I feel like when I talked to Coach Martin, he was the same way. Like, he was telling me, we have one spot left. And we're either going to use it on you or we're not going to use it. Like, we'd love to have you as a piece of our program, but we don't need you at the same time. And in a weird way, that stuck with me as in I just I just like the honesty. I feel like he was telling me the truth. He wasn't saying, like, we need to have you on our team. We need you at our school. And it stuck with me. And then the campus, too. I just I just love what it, what it was, how it is. I just loved, I just really loved it. And it kind of reminded me of my hometown. We have, we have a college, Westchester University it's like connected to the town. So it kind of remind, Oxford gave me like a hometown vibe. That I really just, I felt comfortable. I felt like I would love my time there. And honestly, I ended up loving it. But I just felt when I left, I to my dad on the plane ride back. I was like, this is going to be the school for me. And he was like, I could tell by the, like, he was like, I could tell you didn't have to tell me anything about it.
1: So I'm going to ask this question twice. So you ended up playing 50 games in your college career after not having any division one offers. When was, so you said you're going to bet on yourself. When did you realize that I can play with these guys once you arrived on campus and, and started practicing?
0: Um, just probably, it wasn't like a full conference I could play with them, but kind of the first two weeks of camp my freshman year, I kind of, I was struggling a little bit. And then my coach, my position coach came up to me, he was like, I'm gonna give you kind of a pass. This next practice, just go, just play fast, play physical. Don't worry about messing up. Like Coach Coach Martin understands. Like he's like obviously like don't just completely blow it up. But he's like just just trust yourself and just get off the rock. Just do what you just do what you did in high school. And I kind of that practice calmed me down. Really got my got my emotions like all together. And I after that point, I felt okay. Okay, like if I keep working hard, I I feel like I can play this level. And then probably I want to say. Notre Dame, my sophomore year was the first time I really felt like I could play this level. I could be a dominant player. I could show these bigger schools when we played them like that you should have offered me. And just obviously I didn't have like a crazy stat line game, but I just the confidence from that game for playing most of well basically the whole game and going against Mike McGlinchey, going against Quentin Nelson the whole game, just getting them. Sometimes obviously they got the better of me to because they're freak athletes and obviously they're both starting in the NFL. But just battling against them the whole game and. I'd say holding my own and not really getting run over anything, that just really set me forward and really got the confidence going that I could be a really good player at, that, at the college level.
1: The only reason I ask that is because a lot of times people put barriers on themselves. You know what I mean? As far as, you know, can I do this? And and then you get out there, but then you have to put in the, the hard work, as you mentioned. And right. you were able to, again, play 50 games. That's a lot of games to play in, in four years. You know what I mean?
0: Um, I mean, my and, freshman year, it was tough. I, there was definitely games, but I'm thinking I don't know if I could do this. It was just, I didn't have the confidence in myself to go out there every week and was like, I'm going to be the guy. I'm going to be the dude. And it's just my rookie, or no, my rookie, my freshman year was kind of up, up and down, confidence wise. towards the end, I really feel like I got some momentum going. And then now, like I said, Notre Dame is where I really put it together where i like, all right, I could do this.
2: So were you a four year letter winner at Miami?
0: I was, yes. Wow. Uh,
2: what were you? Uh, one. I was four. Hey yo, hey yo, <laughs> the best holder in Miami history. <laughs> here we go. <laughs> I, I mean, I got something on cost in here. I was fifty-two games I played in. So hey, <laughs> just saying, you that's know, fun. you might you might be sacking Baker Mayfield and Joe Burrow,
1: but we're hosting the underdog. Yeah, buddy.
2: <laughs> so that's awesome. Did you? I mean, I was gonna move to. Well, yeah, I think just off of that, Doug. Right. So you establish yourself at the high school level. You establish yourself at Miami. And then you're undrafted, right? You're undrafted. I Take us through, obviously, you go through the – you, you don't get drafted in seven rounds or seven yeah, rounds in the NFL that. draft, and you don't get drafted, so you are an undrafted free agent. You sign with Jacksonville, which means they only keep a certain amount of guys, what's 53-man roster typically. I don't know if they expanded it with COVID. Right. Um, and so the, the chances of someone being undrafted to then starting in their first season – is got to be like one in a billion or something I mean something just astronomically a large odd to overcome, and you do that, and you're not only just doing that you're playing extremely well. How did you to the calvin's question of college let's let's translate this in the pro when did you know I know you'd said something about when you tackled Adrian Peterson you were you had to pinch yourself or something like that, yeah, but when did you know you could play in the NFL
0: um tough because probably week one I had a little bit of success against the Bengals just because I think the thing that really helped me with that game is first play in. I was fortunate if I had my first tackle on that play, so that really settled my nerves for that game. My second game wasn't wasn't the best for me. I'd probably say that third game, which I think was the Lions, actually, is where I really was like, okay, like it felt like college all over again. I just For me to play well and me to feel like I could play in this league for a long time, it's a confidence thing to me. and I feel like that was when I really started to get more and more confident in myself and kind of just, like I said, into college, I just let it go or just let it loose out there and just played. And at the end of the day, as long as I'm giving my full effort, if I mess up, I'm going to be okay with that because at least I'm going out there. I'm going to mess up at full speed. I don't want to mess up and be slow. And you look out there like, why is he doing that? Why is he out here? But definitely, I think Detroit, the Detroit game is where my confidence grows a lot. And then ever since then, I feel like it's grown little by little each game because I'm just – I feel like I'm starting to understand more, like each play, Like I kind of understand far from formation to specific players in the backfield, like what to expect. And I feel like that's helped me a lot as well to make it that much easier. You know what blocks coming, you know what to expect. So definitely De- I'd say Detroit.
1: What, so from a work ethic, what are you learning? Cause you're still a rookie and I can remember being a freshman in college right. or even a freshman in high school, you think, you know but then you realize four years later, I didn't know anything But being around elite athletes who are performing at a high level, what are you able to, what are you picking up on? What are you learning from those practice sessions, those film sessions of some of the best players on the team, how they've been able to sustain excellence and play in the NFL for five, six, seven plus years?
0: The biggest thing, and I'd say the biggest thing right now is just, focusing on all the little things that you in college i would overlook like oh i'm not going to watch that much extra film like in nfl you have to watch that much film just because it's really a copycat league i'm starting to learn that like a lot of teams run the same plays out of the same formation so if you see it once teams are going to come back like we play detroit one week and then we play the chargers two weeks down the line that run the same formation same place so one thing i've definitely picked up on is just Paying attention to little details, maybe like, oh, how much how much weight does the old lineman have in their stance? Are they come in heavier? they coming soft off the line? And then I've kind of each uh, player in our D line room, I've kind of looked at differently for different things. Like the interior-wise, the other rookie Devon, I've noticed how he's a very heavy-handed player when he plays. He's very strong, he's very physical. I've kind of watched in film, watched in practice what he does, to see kind of like how he's been able to have success before he got injured. I've been picking stuff from him more ends more I look more for the pass rush stuff I kind of pick I'll pick their brains or pack just like what do you see why are you doing this move why are you doing that move I try to pick up the little things from them as well and then the other thing too i definitely say is your technique has to be on point at this level you can't I mean obviously in the Mac it's not I mean the Mac we have we have great players we have talented players but it's just not power five it is what it is I feel like sometimes I can get away with just being bigger and faster than people on the field NFL, I try that. They're going to bury me in the ground. I'm not going to not going to have success. So definitely, looking at that that stuff, just being really a technician, really working on my craft after each practice, stuff stuff like that.
1: So, and I guess along with that, so this is the underdog, and we talk about adverse moments, you know. And one other adverse moment that I want to talk about is in the NFL. I mean, people say the NFL stands for not for long. And you got to take advantage of your opportunities. And early on, you know, you had some injuries, you know, with the concussion and different things, but you're earning your, so your string isn't very long right now as being an undrafted guy coming in trying to earn your spot. How have you been able to overcome that adversity when you have an injury of saying, you know what, I've, I want to make sure this is going to be, I'm here for the long haul, but when you have that adverse moment, not much you can do about it. How do you, how do you really attack, you know, a situation like that?
0: With that, when I had my concussion, I came back. I really thought, and I've been thinking this for the whole week or the whole year is just take it day by day, week by week. I'm not looking forward to like we play the Ravens next week. I'm not thinking about the Ravens at all. I'm not thinking about what I could do that game to help our team. I'm thinking of thinking of right now for our, we play the Titans. I'm thinking of what could I do to help us win against the Titans. I'm really trying to just dissect each each offensive lineman and really take it day by day because obviously, like you said, it stands for not for long. I'm not trying to think ahead because the moment I think ahead or the moment I think like, oh, like I have this set, like I got it. I mean, I've been starting for what, three, four weeks now. Like I, I don't need to pay attention to stuff. The moment that happens is the moment that I'm going to either get cut or I, I'm going to see my playing time go down.
2: Man, love that. I love it. I love it, love it. Really? Just, just, Yeah, I mean, the knowledge nugget right there of just staying in the moment, right? A lot of our guests that have sustained excellence, Doug, have said, you know, be where you're too far. Two feet are or where your butt is, right? And it's simple, but to your point, it's so relevant. And there's so many guys that come in and out of the league. And anyone that can from a business, we have folks that are in business that listen to this or in, you know, whatever realm of the career, or if you're a young student athlete, or even a high school athlete that we have, you know, listening to these podcasts, it's just so relevant, right? And someone once again that has got to there, and like to your point, you could say, Hey, I've arrived. We always talk about you've never arrived, you're always becoming. And that's what you're talking about. Right. Hey, I have started for three or four weeks. But, hey, no one bet on, you know, you, right? I mean, nobody outside of Jacksonville said, hey, we're not going to draft you. You know, we're not going to do this. And now you're there, and now you got to stay humble. So that's awesome to hear, man. And it doesn't surprise like, me. That's so
0: part. That's a big thing, too. I just want to always say, I mean, my parents have always taught me to be humble, be respectful, treat people the way you want to be treated. I mean, I treat everyone in our facility, no matter who you are. I treat you with respect. I just always want to stay humble because the moment I become cocky, the moment I'm not humble, I'm going to have a moment where I'm going to come back down to earth and feel like humble yourself. And I never want to I never want to experience that because I feel like that too will be a reason like you'll see reps start to you'll start to lose reps, it will start to not be the same player you were the moment I think like like I said like the moment I think I'm here like I'm in the NFL, I've made it, that's going to be that's going to be my downfall.
1: What's been the uh what's been the mindset, I guess you could say cuz you know, it's no secret. You guys obviously are having a, a tough season right now. What's been the mindset? What's keeping you guys going? What keeps you motivated day in and day out, week in and week out?
0: Just, we we really adopted a mindset. It's also it's versus everyone. We we really think it's the 53-man roster and the practice squad. Everyone in the Jacksonville organization versus, it's also versus everyone else. And we don't we all understand that we're obviously right now we're one in 11. We hear the outside noise of, oh, we need to draft this. We need to do that. No one cares about that. And if honestly, it's been pretty cool to see, because I haven't been around a lot room like that. Obviously, we're one of the youngest teams in the NFL, too. So I think that helps as well. We all understand what, like, each other is going through and, like, what we're thinking, because we're all similar in age. And just, we really have adopted that mindset. We don't care what the outside thinks. Like, we had a point where we were giving up 30, 30 points a game for, like, maybe five, six games. No one. No one on the defense ever was like, wow, we must suck. No one ever thought that. We all thought, all right, well, unfortunately we lost this game. We watched that film. All right, let's get back to work. Let's try and break what happened. Let's try and make, uh, fix the mistakes. Let's get back to it next week. I feel like that we've been able to feed off the offense feeling the same way. And the offense, I feel like is fed off of us of that way too. It's just that mindset and having the coaches having our back and really thinking the same way too. I feel like it's really made us become a closer group, even though we're not seeing the results every week.
2: Yeah, and, and while you guys lost against those, that Browns game, you guys never, fought, you know, stopped fighting. Yeah. I mean, did you watch right. that game? Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, man, not only was it like, dude, Costas, he's, he's a wrecking ball in there, <laughs> but it was like, well, this guy's undrafted. This guy's undrafted. So that underdog approach of the Jacksonville Jaguars right now is like, man, you guys have developed a roster of really undrafted, Uh, free agents, you know, and young players that are in their first or second year. So I think that core and that discipline, how does that, you know, start obviously with your head coach, Doug Marone, right? How how has that, um, how has coach, you know, implemented that us against the world? Is there any techniques that someone could maybe listen to or how has that influenced that leadership from your head coach influenced that team?
0: Uh, I don't know about maybe techniques, but just his, His approach every day is the same as us. He wants us to go out there. And obviously, we're not getting the results that he or us would want. But he's always, he has never let that discourage him or let it discourage us. Even if we have, we'll have tough losses. He'll come in the next day in our team meeting. He goes, he'll understand. He's like, obviously, it sucks how we're feeling, but we can't feel sorry for ourselves for the next week. And I feel like he's been saying it so much, appreciating it so much that everyone can tell, like, he really means what he's saying. He's not just saying it to keep us motivated for the rest of the year. He really feels the same way we do. And I think just having that support from the head coach and having a coach who com- he comes excited to practice every day. He brings energy. He's excited. He wants to win just as much as we do. And I feel like him not having a mindset of, up oh, we're one and a left, and all right, let's, let's tank the rest of the year. I feel like that has it's brought an energy to practice to all the people, all the players that we're kind of feeding off each other. Like, all right, let's go out there. Let's get a win streak going. Let's not finish. Why can't we finish the year off winning the rest of the game?
1: That energy is contagious. Love, love it. it, love it.
2: Yeah, how about we get the to hot topics? What do you think? We got a I, bunch for you. I, so we got we got a good good set of rapid fires for you. Doug. Got a,
1: got a great one from one of your former teammates, but we'll I'll, we'll hold off on
2: that one. All right. <laughs> <laughs> you want to? Uh, I'll start it off with a little bit of a fun one here. Gardner Minshew does that dude roll into practice or into the facility with jorts on or what's the Who's deal? Gardner Minshew? the court the the quarterback um that got hurt for the Jacksonville Jaguars okay. good point because okay. not everyone knows who he is but yeah he's a very um I guess eccentric would be from a public perspective he's very well known on social media for his uh, attire he shows up in does, it, does that dude really roll in like with jorts on or is he literally like that all the time
0: the way you see him the way he's portrayed maybe in the locker room just hilarious
2: oh man yeah the quarter like that. I mean, I've been around the quarterback rooms, and and there's some weird dudes. I, I think this guy, this cat, might be right up there with uh, one of them. I mean, have you seen this guy? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Just making sure. Yeah. yeah, that's cool though. That's
1: that's funny. Um, go ahead, Calvin. Second. <clears throat> so we're gonna talk about two athletes that relate to you. The first one I want to ask about: better basketball player, yourself or your father? Ooh. And he's gonna hear this.
0: Better my dad or me? That's tough because he's more of a three point shooter. I'm more. I'm gonna bring you down the post. I'm gonna try and I'm gonna post you up. i back you down.
1: You are about to say I'm about to try to body oh, you?
0: I, <laughs> I might say him just because he has the shooting on me. Because even in high school, I could not shoot a jump shot to save my life. I was like Ben Simmons basically. I <laughs> could. If you packed the paint on me, I was low key screwed. So I probably say him just because he could shoot and he could shoot foul shots. So I give him the upper hand.
2: Yeah, the, 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 you have a pic. You have a, a post of you shooting a, a long three and bricking it. I think on Instagram. <laughs> I'm like, yeah,
1: I don't think he was the shooter. So you're right. Uh, Ol, so old pops might have the shooting. To
0: someone, to too, all, right.
1: all right, all right. You mean that going? You mean just read, roll right into the next? Yeah, one? yeah. Let's keep going. So I'm assuming this is still accurate. Um, you have a girlfriend? I do um uh, so we call you in our research we called you the power couple um she's a she's a hooper basketball player at Miami university
0: she was yeah
1: she was okay who's the better athlete she's gonna hear this too
0: <laughs> i yeah, I'd, I'd, I'd give her a she's gonna lie and say that it's gonna be her but i i I feel like i I'm the better player you give her buckets yeah. yeah
2: but he, I'll
1: he, give a bucket to you. he he's in
2: the show so <laughs> this is true yeah. it's true all right yeah, yeah he's right. in the show speaking of the show how do you feel about your madden rating do you think it's fair
0: honestly don't know what it is at the moment but whatever it is i'm gonna i'm gonna say i, I guess it's fair i mean i haven't really looked into it you, i mean if, it's, if i'm like in the 50s i'm gonna say no but you know anywhere if i want to be realistic. I mean, obviously, if I'm not being realistic, I want to be 80s, 90s, somewhere there. But if I'm being realistic, I'll take 70s, somewhere I there. I feel like I have a lot to prove. And as it goes up, that could be kind of a way to prove that, like, all right, actually, I'm doing the right thing. Yeah. And it's
2: good that it doesn't even bother you because I guess Zion Williamson came out today and, and called NBA 2K to ch- to complain about his player rating, supposedly. I don't know if that's that's
1: garbage or if that's accurate, but that's that's what's out there. So, just, so. so Madden rating for those listening. For the video game, John Madden, they rate all the players, and that's what that's what we were that's what we were alluding to, and it's ninety nine to zero. So yeah, um, yeah. I, I would yeah, and, I think Aaron Donald's like in the nineties. Yeah, well, get, that, and that dude I like that, yeah,
2: yeah, that's crazy. He I, I saw a thing, Doug, and I don't know if you get to this point, but there's some guy that's like trying to um, stab him with knives, and he's using his hands to yeah,
0: I, yeah, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. If you get to that level, that's like ninja warrior type stuff in training. That but doesn't like, sound too safe. Yeah, it doesn't sound too safe.
1: I'm like, you might get uh. Might get stabbed there. Um, sticking on the Madden train? Yeah. All right. So your former teammate, Heath Harding, who works with us here at the Job Center, um, <clears throat> he said, we said, Heath, what's a question we could ask Doug? And he said, ask him <laughs> if, his Madden should, if his Madden skills are still shitty. <laughs>
0: um, I would like to say I've gotten better. I mean, if that's him asking for a rematch anytime, any place, I'm down. If I can prove to him that I'm a better player. If that's what needs to, if that needs what needs to happen, All right.
2: we might have to live stream that on our Twitter. You might have to. Costin right. versus Harding. Yeah. Madden. Who's your? Who would? Uh, I guess it's kind of hard being an NFL player. Who would be your? Who would be your squad?
0: Honestly, it depends on what mood I am. Really, I mean. When I play Madden sometimes, I'll see, like, obviously, you know, like, whose teams are doing well in NFL. So sometimes I'll pick them. Obviously, i have pick my own, my own Jags. You know, I'll, I'll dominate teams with them. <laughs> no questions about that. Really just whoever I'm feeling could be. I'm used to, like, when I play with my friends, we'll do thing where it's like you get three randoms, and if you don't like them, you get a suicide one. So you kind of, whoever the fourth one is, you take them and you deal with it. So I'm used to really playing with anyone.
1: I used to do that. I should do that. So I, I will say this, your your Madden rating is your personal Madden rating is better than Mr. Heath Harding. <laughs> <laughs> we do know that, so Oh shoot. That'd be great.
2: We're gonna have to, we're gonna have to set that match up, up. Um what is I know you got some uh some ink on your body. What's your favorite tattoo and why? Uh favorite tattoo and
0: why.
1: How many do you have? Well,
0: Thank you. <laughs> Rose, Bible verse. I think I'm around seven or eight, but they're all on the one my one arm right now. I'll probably I'm gonna end up getting more, but probably the first one I got, I got it because of my sister. She she actually got a tattoo before me. She got the it's me, and my two sisters. I'm born in October. My one sister, Simone's born in March, the other one's born in September. So we got those three birth months. We got the, she got the three birth months on hers, but me first, then her, then my youngest sister. She got those, and I got those with a cross. I just feel like the meaning behind it, because when my youngest sister, Lane, when she gets old enough, she's going to get it too. So it's kind of like something we all have together. I it might sound cheesy, but I don't know. I feel like that's, that's awesome. I love it. Man. Oh, yeah. Love it.
2: Family's
1: everything, right? Yep, that's, absolutely. that's cool. Awesome. Right. Want to take it on home?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I think um, the only other thing was, um, you know Jude Kelly who's uh, from Miami University had a question said any fun traditions or rituals that you can share from your senior year I don't know exactly what that means but there's some rituals or something that you guys had cuz you won the MAC championship so that was a um, big year
0: traditions I think one thing I'll do one for me first and like kind of like a team one for me this might sound crazy but I hated being locked in to the game before it started. Like, I try to do any and everything to stay unfocused, just to stay relaxed, stay loose. I would text my friends. I would bother my teammates who were trying to be focused, my friends. They would be like, what are you doing? Why are you, why are you acting like this? I'm like, <laughs> "I." Like obviously, once the game starts, I'm locked in. I'm focused. I'm, I'm ready to go. But just before it, I don't like being locked in until I really have to be. Because I feel like if I'm thinking about the game too much, I'm going to get anxious. So just – I always enjoyed messing with my teammates who were trying to be focused. And then I just enjoyed that because I really felt like I played loose. It let me play loose. It let me play fast because I was just messing around before. But, obviously, I knew when to, like, if, I, if someone was really trying to get locked in, I would leave them alone. But I think tradition, maybe how we started from Kent State on, we would always go out with no pads on, just go out shirtless, even though I didn't have the best – I don't have the best body, just going out there shirtless, enjoying it with the guys. That and probably just singing a lot, singing locker and rapping the locker room before the game is probably some of our best traditions. I feel like. God, I miss yeah, playing yeah, the
2: game. Makes, makes me miss it at all. So, our, our last question: are The Titans uh, coming to uh, your state? come to Jacksonville? Or are you in Tennessee?
0: Where they're coming to uh, Jacksonville?
2: Yeah, yeah. I got a little bone to pick with those Titans. Those that don't know, they they, they st- like to stand on your logo, so I, I think you should take some. With so, your sh- yeah, with your shirt off. Yeah, yeah. With with the shirt off, you should protect the logo. I see Doug costing me from me. Turn on.
0: Additional game, so it's no love lost between the two of us. When we played them the first time, I was inactive that game, but I noticed just like there's a real hatred out there. Like it reminds me of us in Cincinnati, us in OU, how we really don't like each other. We really try. This game means a little bit more to us and to them, obviously, than any other game on the schedule.
2: Yeah, yeah, I know, um, I didn't know that, that Like their, their ritual is, at least it was, I don't know if it is, and there's a big blow-up against Baltimore, but they run out to the posing and they play on the road, they run out to the posing team's logo, and they, like, jump on it, or they were, something like that. And there's a Harbaugh, Harbaugh, I, I
1: versus that's some that. Baker yeah, Mayfield yeah. college Our stuff. Uh,
2: ex-Miami yeah. guy, or an ex-he is a Miami guy, Mr. John Harbaugh, um, got into it with Mike Vrabel before their game. Uh, when the guys were jumping on the logo or doing whatever they do. But anyway, just see, now you know, man. So now if you if you need to protect it, like I said, rip off those pads, get out there like the old Miami days and then protect that. Say, hey, <laughs> Mikey Vrabel, you ain't jumping on this thing. So, no. Right. But, uh, no, we love it, Doug. Um, your story's incredible. Once again, going from no one really uh, banking on you outside of Miami in college, Right. Uh, coming out of high school all the way to undrafted, now starting as a for the Jacksonville Jaguars, the Jags, Duval, right, as you guys say it down there. Yeah, Duval. Um, and, and you're balling, man, and we're so proud of you. Uh, what a story, what an underdog story. You're going to continue to, uh, I think the best is ahead, and you're going to continue to compete at a high level. How can anyone, I know uh, you're on Twitter, Instagram, what are those handles, how do people uh, engage with your uh, brand?
0: My... Instagram handle, I think, is so I like my full name, Doug Costin, then with an the underscore after it. Twitter is either the same or it's Doug underscore Costin 58. I'm not, I'm not too sure about that.
1: We'll put it in the show notes. We can – I think we can Google you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
2: Follow Give this man a follow. He's doing big things. And, and like I said, go beat the Titans this weekend. Finish the season strong, as I know you will. And we can't wait to uh, – hopefully you're a, a, a yearly guest – on the podcast as your career progresses, when you get to like being a 99 rating and, and an all pro, make sure you don't forget about black and Decker here. Is We're, that good? We'll
1: bring, we'll bring yeah. you back.
0: <laughs>
1: right. All right, brother. Well, we appreciate it. Yeah, man appreciate your time, man. Have a good weekend.
0: Yeah. Thank you. Same to you guys. All right, yeah, man. We'll talk yeah, to you. We'll see it. All right.